0: 21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Peskaric. You know, it's funny I'm talking to my screen so occasionally my leadership group will walk into my office if I don't shut my door and I and I shut my door very rarely. But if I don't shut my door, people like, you know, come Here in they and start are. talking to me.
1: So That's you what, have you have open door policy all the time.
0: But, but a real open door like you a lot ah. of times you hear the story of people who have open door policy and it's just BS right
1: Absolutely.
0: To me, you know we we work like a family you know we're representing other businesses. so we operate you know I always say we're at a level nine you know where the rest of the world's operating at about a six. you know it's like the old you know in the US Army we used to say we get more shit done before nine o'clock than the rest of the world does all day. Right? Yes. So it kind of, because we represent other business owners, uh, this, this family called Cogent Analytics, um, you know, we, we, we fight really hard on behalf of other people. Mm. So it's that open door means something to folks on my team.
1: Are you still feeling as an entrepreneur? Or are you more like C-level now?
0: Um, so I'm a serial entrepreneur, Martin. I, I'm i actually starting another company. I've invested in a group of companies, so I don't think being an entrepreneur will ever leave me. You know, I have built um, the the company, the fifth company I'm about to launch launches for Christmas time. We built a set of prosthetics for a gaming controller. That. Truly will change the way I don't know whether you have any children and your children play video games, but but this is a prosthetic for the bottom of a video game controller that truly changes the way you hold the controller. There are different levels of entrepreneurship. You you really go from that that little startup company, you know, an idea, maybe you've got two, three, four employees. You know, for us, the real breakpoint for most entrepreneurs is somewhere around a million and a half dollars U.S. and 10 employees. You know, when you get to that 10 employee mark, you really begin that to change your approach to business. Now it becomes as much about leadership than it is just being a doer. You know, when you first when you first put on the entrepreneurial hat, most often you're wearing every hat, you know, you, you know, your chief cooking bottle washer, you're the guy that takes out the garbage, you clean the bathrooms, that that really is the startup company. You know, you have a hard time raising capital, you're working to get your product launched, you've got an idea about business, but at the end of the day, you're a tradesman that happens to own a business. When you get to 10 employees, it's It's more about what you can solicit or elicit from your from your employees, right? Do you have good processes in place? Do you have good leadership in place? Do you have good measurement in place? Do you have a good business development strategy in place? How are you going out the market? How are you going to price your goods? How do you teach, mentor, and manage your people? These are the things that are really that next step. And and small business owners, you know, that that million and a half dollars US to somewhere around three million dollars, you begin to, and you know, I'm talking gross revenue. So this could be different. Like a wholesaler could have much more revenue and few people. That's why I keyed in on that 10 employee break point, where a contractor or maybe an engineering company would have more people per revenue dollar. So you know i might be a two million dollar company and have 15 18 employees as opposed to a distributor who might have two million dollars worth of revenue and only have six or eight people right so so when we're ha- well, you know for your audience sake we break it up into five major industries and then we measure as much about the total number of employees that you have and your revenue but your revenue shouldn't be that def- that all defining factor mm-hmm
1: one of your clients said before we would hope to get there now we know what we need to know in order to get there so out of 1900 businesses you've consulted what would you say are the most common problems they face
0: the reason why we started, um, really, we took the theory of business and we distilled it down into four major pillars of business.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Business development, how do you drive revenue? And this is trademark, by the way, right? We built what's called the profit platform. Mm-hmm. And if you do these four behaviors well, you're going to enhance profitability, build cash flow, and increase the equity value of your business, right? Because- for a small business owner, their business is the single largest asset they own. A Uh lot of people count on their business for their own retirement. But but let me more directly answer your question. We think four major pillars, business development, that's sales and marketing, right? That's how you do the activity of selling and how do you build your brand? That's business Uh development, sales and marketing. Uh Human resources, is how do you hire people? How do you train people? How do you retain people? How do you compensate people? Uh-huh. What type of benefit programs? You know, you're trying to build a Super Bowl team,
1: uh-huh.
0: Uh-huh. okay? If I okay. have to do an evaluation or if I have to release somebody, how do I recruit uh-huh. appropriately to make sure I'm building that Super Bowl team, uh-huh. right? Well, okay. if, you're, if you're in Croatia, Martin, I should be talking about the real football, right? As soccer. opposed to American football, it's soccer, right? <laughs> I have a lot of friends. I have a lot of friends in the EU and the UK, so I say football, and then they make fun of me. Sure.
1: <laughs> well, well, we are not bad. We are not bad at all.
0: <laughs> now, and right. I lived in Brazil for five and a half years, so oh. when I grew up, I was a young man. Seven at the time, I was thirteen. So you know, football to me was soccer too, right? Finally, somebody
1: from the states understanding.
0: Uh, I'm an old guy with gray hair. I actually am old enough now to have seen Pele play.
1: Oh, that is wonderful! I saw a
0: Fluminense Flamenco game in São Paulo, Brazil. Oh my god! Had the privilege of watching Pele play. So I'm
1: talking to you about Dubrovnik. Come on. (laughs) <laughs> Let's go back to business. So number one, business development. Number two, HR, hire train, HR, retain, compensate. You got it.
0: Now yes. process management. Process process engineering. management.
1: Is it uh, like a document flow, information flow?
0: Okay, so I distill it down in a in a healthy way. Martin. Okay. I believe process management might be information flow or document flow, but it also is how your people actually perform or do what you do to to generate business something like engagement even more first you sell it then you have to do what you do to deliver Mm -hmm. a quality product for a quality price Mm -hmm. we we see a lot of inefficiency in a business happen at the process phase Mm -hmm. so how you order material how do you bring that material in how do you process that How do you finish goods? How do you do a QA, QC process? Mm. All of the processes that happen with any business, and it doesn't matter whether you're a trucking company, a contractor, an engineering company, every company has to have well-defined processes because that allows employees to know what's expected and how it should be delivered on time.
1: In IT terminology, uh, is it about uh, ERPs uh, and warehouse management systems, business intelligence, that kind of things?
0: So that's to me, that's over in the information management or measurement process. And and we represent a lot of technology companies. People either develop software, they're doing um, networks, they're doing you know IT services. And if you think of just those three companies, if you are an IT service company, you've got techs on the road going from business to business. So, how do they pick up all of their orders in the morning? How do they do engagement? Are they going to do that virtually? Or are they going to do it on site with their client? Are they going to install the network or are they going to install a firewall? Are they going to install? So, those processes from the point the order came in to how do I execute and how do I use my time effectively? we do consultative work coaching yeah no well both but we think that you most companies 99 percent of all companies have a tech stack you know they have some form of crm erp uh you know a lot of, you know a lot of companies actually still work off of an excel spreadsheet and that's okay right if you're a very small company and you don't have the capital to invest in an erp system you still have to have some form of controlled process to be able to deliver your goods and services. Mm -hmm. You would agree with that, right? Absolutely. Okay, so what we define is how do you first sell it, and then how do you produce your product well into the marketplace? Because you know, the minute you send something out in the market, if you sold something for $100, you have costs to make that. If you if you don't manage those processes, that $100 sale might cost you 99 to deliver that goods and services. You know, you might have product failure. You might have quality assurance problems. You might have a return and a restock problem. You might have to offer a discount or an abatement to a potential customer because you did not execute internally that's always a great problem to every company it doesn't matter whether you're in the EU here in the states south america we see this broadly across borders are there any kpis that you roi so that is the last pillar the measurement pillar is the development of kpis and i'm going to share something with you martin this actually is the profit platform that i'm showing to you on screen any def- any deficiency in any one of the pillars business development human resources process engineering and measurement now i think measurement is both operational measurement and financial measurement your profit and loss and balance sheet okay you have that kind of feedback mechanisms in in the the system Mm. any one of the deficiencies that would occur in any one of those four pillars Takes away from the thing in the middle, which is called profit.
1: okay, I understand the the big cake or small cake, sometimes.
0: And right, and therein lies the problem. And I've had this conversation for 20 years with business owners. You know, a business owner takes all the risk. They borrow money from the bank, they hire employees, they've got security risk, they've got governmental rules and regulations that they have to adhere to, and most often business owners especially entrepreneurs are underpaid and when they take a distribution because remember four people have to get paid before a business owner gets to take theirs i may take a paycheck i might get a wage but the real money in a business is when you get to take that thing called the distribution okay that's excess profit based but the four people that have to get paid before a business owner is allowed to take his the government has to get paid. I.e., you have to pay your taxes. Then you have to pay the bank, right? Loans, etc. loans, etc. Then you have to pay for growth, and most people forget that growth costs money.
1: When you say pay to to growth, is it uh, like a marketing or what was it? What is it?
0: No, it's it real true dollars in growth is dollars that end up on your receivable balance, dollars that end up on your payables, dollars that end up on your inventory, those are things that when you're growing, your receivables are gonna grow at the speed at which you grow. Your payables and your inventory are gonna grow at the speed at which you grow. Those are soft implications that are occurring on your balance sheet that most small business owners, you know, and again, I've represented clients for 20 years, and they'll say, oh, I just gotta sell more. Right. Well, the problem with selling more is you can sell yourself right out of business. So if I've got to if I've got to pay Uncle Sam and I've got to pay the bank, if I'm not making enough profit in my business, I don't have enough cash flow left over to pay the bank that I borrowed money from. Right. If I'm growing at the same time that I paid Uncle Sam and I had to pay the bank, how much money do I have left over for myself? Right. Do I. The last one, the fourth partner that you have in a business called capital expenditure. So if you need to buy a truck, if you need to buy a CNC machine, if you need to buy a tech stack or an ERP system, all of those capital expenditures, if they don't end up on your debt line where you had to borrow money, I bought an ERP system and cost me $50,000. If I don't have that money laying around, I'm going to go to debt. If I do have that money laying around, well, that's called a capital expense. Now, after all of those four people are paid, then the business owner gets to take a distribution because that's what's left over, right? So I think about your po- your podcast. You've got marketing expense. You've gotta find individuals like myself that are gonna participate. You've gotta market your product. You've got to get listeners, so you can get advertisers. advertise so that's how you get your money, right? You, you have to pay to post your podcast online. You've got to pay to have that service on iTunes,
1: in various applications as well. You got as
0: it. To... So everybody has to get paid before Martin gets paid. Yeah. You would agree with that, right? Absolutely. Same thing for most entrepreneurs, and because entrepreneurs are great people, they're honest, they're hardworking. But most entrepreneurs start with a set of values, and they start with a trade, and they turn that into a business. Nobody really taught them how to run a business. And I've had people with MBAs, Martin, that you know, worked for a great corporation. They've got a 20-year career, and then they wake up one morning and decide they want to be a business owner. The difference between having a job, working for a corporation, and being an entrepreneur is as an entrepreneur, you have to do everything. You spent your career, you go to college, you get a job, you spent a career 20 years working for somebody else. Most often you got that job doing a thing, not all of the things. So being a business owner is is a much more uh, comprehensive role as you begin to grow and you hire people around you to handle some additional responsibilities. And I always say, you get to give the hat away, right? Once you give that hat to somebody you have to then make sure you have good standards good process good measurement to ensure that person is supported in participating in your vision
1: and how hard is it for somebody that was sea level or any other maybe from he came from frontline I don't know and uh, and one day started as an entrepreneur so how hard is it from your experience for that kind of person to even comprehend the complexity of the overall model and the context they are immersed into
0: so entrepreneurs are very smart right they're very passionate about their business they're very smart so i don't want to demean by saying they don't understand what typically happens you know is when you first start your business, you're focused on generating revenue. So you go sell goods and then, and then you put on your other hat that says, I've got to perform and make sure I deliver to my customer. So those are the two things that entrepreneurs really do first as their business grows. Again, they've got to hire people to be able to take some of those responsibilities. That's where the measurement pillar becomes so important because if you don't lay out a good plan a good measurement process so that you're empowering your employees to be responsible for what you need them to do there's an old adage that says "In absence of standard substandard becomes the standard would you agree with that
1: Uh, let me think about it let me analyze the sentence
0: (laughs) sure in absence of standard Mm -hmm. substandard becomes Mm -hmm. the standard
1: okay I understand. Okay. Garbage in garbage out the negative version version of the
0: (laughs) if I work for you and you forget to tell me exactly how you want something done, what's expected, Uh, when it's supposed to be delivered. What's the likelihood that I'm going to be successful?
1: Zero to none.
0: Zero to none. So there you have both process management and the measurement because measurement shouldn't be about lording over your employees. Measurement should be about empowering employees. You see how it all works together. I make a sale, I hire some people, I've got good process, and then I measure the result. Now I'm able to empower my employees to execute on my processes to deliver goods and services at a profit.
1: So, Regarding your model, and you're talking a lot about measurement, there, there are there are four...
0: Critical pillars.
1: Yes. So business development, uh, uh, HR, uh, process management and measurement. I suppose there are all, always measurement in is HR all as well. Mm-hmm.
0: You've got it. Measurement is both operational and financial. So if you measure during the game, right? if I measure my players during the soccer match, I have a higher likelihood of scoring more goals called your financial statement. The financial statement is the scoreboard. The measurement during the game is really around each role and responsibility that you are dedicating to your employees. I started as a young man. um, I got out of high school. I went to a semester of college. And at that point in my life, it really wasn't for me. You know, going to university is, you know, maybe because my father died when I was 15 years old. um, You know, it had a major impact on who I was as a young man. But to be fair, I did make the attempt of going to university or as we call it here in the States, college at the outset and I went to a semester of college and I knew it wasn't for me and my brother had served. So I thought, you know what? My, my older brother who was 10 years older than I was, he served, that seemed like a good path for me. And I have to tell you, um, I carry those lessons of life with me. Um, it taught me much about esprit de corps. It taught me about teamwork. It taught me about values. Um, My core values today, honor, courage, wisdom, faith, perseverance, and loyalty were really founded in my service to my country. So, you know, when I got out of the military, I became an entrepreneur. I think I was 27 years old the first time I had an opportunity. I had a a much older gentleman, saw a lot of potential in me, and and he gave me 3% equity and I had to earn it. But. It was the right to earn he actually gave me the right to earn five percent but looking back on that experience 30 plus years ago um he didn't have the right to give me all five percent he promised me five percent he had the right to give me three percent which i earned and then when i was supposed to get the other two percent he had to go ask permission for that and the other partners weren't willing to give me the other two percent suffice to say i left that relationship now i always give that gentleman credit because although he did not have the ability to give it to me. When I left, he reached into his own pocket as a function of honor and trued me up. Maybe it wasn't full value, Martin, but he did the right thing. He did the honorable thing. And that, that too, has lasted me the whole of my career. You know, I believe people by and large are good. They intend to get now. Don't get me wrong. There's plenty of bad people out there, but, But if you're careful about your relationships and you genuinely live by a set of principled values, I always think it's amazing how many people live up to the standards that you set for yourself. Right. And that's when I look at my my different investments that I have today, it's the same principles I apply to leaders within whether it's coaching analytics or grips or or or, you know, I look for people that exhibit those same standards, those same principled values. Because I know they make for better relationships. You know, I always say, Cogent Analytics is a, is a family that acts like a business from time to time, and and you know, I have people every single day out of the 176, 177 people that work here at this firm. You know, I am, I'm always proud. We just had a grand opening, and we moved into a new facility. And the greatest feedback that I got was how many employees came up to myself and my leadership team and were very, very appreciated, not because we were a great company, but who we were as a great company, that, that they felt the the values of, of honor, courage, wisdom, faith, perseverance, and loyalty, that was something they could embrace and it was something they wanted to participate in. They, they believed that our corporate values matched their own personal values. And, and then the next thing they would talk about is how we are a family. Um, we have a we have an expression here that says "raise others up, and you will rise." And what that and what that really means is we're in service to our clients. And if we spend all of our time thinking about how we make our clients better, then then we will be better for it, right? So. Um, you know, from a personal value, from a mission, from a from a journey that I've taken in life, you know, I think that every day I'm blessed to have people around me that that frankly have made these companies better and and make our clients' companies better. And if we do that every day, that's that feedback loop that we get from people that we represent is that we're not just a professional advisor; we're a lifetime partner with them. And that that too is so critically important. When you're doing business with somebody, if it's, if it's about money, something's wrong. If you're doing business with somebody and somebody knows that you are trying to do the right thing, represent them well, give them good advice, and it's about them and their family, it, it's amazing how much reward comes back in that long-term relationship. So if you're if I if I was talking directly to your audience who are a bunch of entrepreneurs, you know, remember, it's okay to think about making sales, but you shouldn't be making sales for the the sake of making a sale. If you make make a sale, you have to manage to profitability and you have to pay the bills and you have to pay your people. You should always be proud of your product, but you shouldn't be doing it for the money, as I say, with italics. Um, You know, do it because you believe in your product. Do it because you're going to do the right thing. Do it because you care about the people you're doing business with. And it's amazing how rewarding that experience is. So that's, that's directly to your listeners, Mark. We have a new book coming out. It's called Mission Matters. And, and there's 19. It's myself and 19 other business owners that have collaborated on a book. And it's about mission matters. And it talks about the entrepreneurial experience. It talks about all of our lessons about owning and running businesses. And it really covers the four areas of business that you and I talked about today. It talks about how to do business development well, and and how do you price your products well, and how do you make a profit through business development and marketing. Talks about organization, talks about profit engineering, measurement, financial management. So yeah, I would, it's called, it's Mission Matters, and it's myself and 19 other authors, and it just got released. It's actually ranked, I think, this morning number 11 with best entrepreneurial books that came out it was just launched i would highly recommend it to the audience it's a fantastic read Uh, it really is taking a lot of information from 19 other business owners and people with specialty professional professional specialties that i think would help anybody you know cogent analytics martin if i'm gonna if i'm gonna wrap it up and and of give you the insight you know we are cogent analytics and i say it that way because this entire family of professional advisors have one mission and that's working with the entrepreneurial community and whether you're here in the united states or you're in the eu or you're in south america the entrepreneurs in any country is the lifeblood of that country that That is, most people go to work for the privately held business. Most people don't go to work for a big corporation. So I've made a life out of trying to support the entrepreneurial community because I know it has such an impact on the community, on other businesses. It it is, you know, it's my calling. So you say motivational speaker, and I say it's just a belief system. And that's why you know so many people here at Cogent Analytics believe we are in service to our clients. So for any of your listeners, if you wanna reach out to Cogent Analytics, you can go directly to CogentAnalytics.com. We have a lot of thought leadership and proprietary information. You don't always have to reach out to us. We put articles, white papers case studies, podcast. There's so much information out there for your listeners. If they're starting a business or they own a business, that content is right there at coachinganalytics.com. We have advisors that talk to small business owners all over the country every single day. Just reach out to 833-4MY-PROFIT. That's the number four, MY-PROFIT. It's it's 833-464-7763, but easy to remember. It's 1-833-4MY-PROFIT. 21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskarik.